fixing the system, Neil. That system is our enemy. When you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters. The very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? Come on, guys. Take your eyes off her. Be Morpheus. Tell your fellow friends out there, neighbors, family members, to take their eyes off the woman in the red dress. She is not the answer. <clears throat> this national election circus that we experience every four years is not the solution. Morpheus had it right there. Welcome to the Mark Reslin Show here on the Crusade Channel. Part of the Veritas Radio Network, radio the way it should be. Glad you joined us this morning. We're live Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. I'm sorry, 6 a.m. Central Time to 8 a.m. Central Time. Followed up by my good friend Mike Church, host of The Mike Church Show. He'll be on live at 8 o'clock, take you to about 11. Then my good friend Suzanne Sherman, host of the Suzanne Option. We'll pick it up at 12, broadcast live till 1 o'clock. So there you go, folks. we got about a good part of the day live broadcasting, which means when we're live, you can call in. That's right. We've actually got phone lines, and you can call us anytime you'd like at 844-5-CRUSADE, 844-527-8723. Here's my guess. If, uh, if I came to this radio microphone and did what every other mainstream conservative talk radio show does out there and talked about Hillary and talked about the Republican convention and all the goings on there last night. And, and uh, we'll get to a little bit of that here right out of the gate. Um, the phone board would lit up, would light up. Oh, people would want to call and they'd want to rail on Hillary or talk about this speaker or that speaker and how that speaker let them have it. I've seen here a few times in the past couple of days some posts on um, on my Facebook page, and they go something like this: "So and so, let this person have it on so and so topic," and it's always some Republican, conservative Republican, or some conservative mainstream talk radio, or some host over at uh, Fox News. He let he unloaded both barrels on that person, and 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 I recognize that when people post those things they are excited because it appears as though somebody is finally challenging the status quo i emphasize the word finally the fo- the, the fact of the matter is folks the status quo as understood through the lens of a right left democrat versus republican paradigm has been challenged for the last 30 years i.e. The Republicans are always challenging um, Democrat power, and Democrat power is always challenging um, Republican power. So it just feels like to most people that the Democrats, the progressives, have been winning because they have been. And so when someone comes along and unloads on progressive so-and-so, it feels like that's really important. It feels like, wow, did you hear so-and-so just unload on John Kerry or somebody gave the double barrels to uh, Hillary or somebody else in the progressive Democrat Party? And we read those articles, and, and suddenly the like Trey Gowdy becomes the rock star for a while because he unloaded on Hillary, or somebody else unloads on somebody, and he becomes a, he or she becomes a rock star for a little bit in mainstream conservative talk radio, and you know they're they're uh, touted as the next uh, you know Ronald Reagan or George Washington or whomever, and and most people you will listen to it, listen to their comments. I played uh, some comments last week by a congressman from uh, Ohio, Jim Jordan, who unloaded on, what's her name over there, the Attorney General, uh, Loretta Lynch. He unloaded on her in that congressional hearing. And for a couple of days, he got a lot of play. 
you know, his comments were repeated over and over again, and it appeared as though finally somebody's going to emerge and say it, say what needs to be said. And I recognize to people who are absent any other ideas, that sounds kind of like a solution. It kind of sounds like, well, all right, you know, we may not be winning any legislative battles. We may not be winning any battles in the court. Uh, we may be moving far more progressive than we ever thought and at a pace we never could have even considered. But the bottom line is we're feeling good because Jim Jordan let her have it. Did you see that? He let her have it. And we substitute substance uh, for rhetoric. And, and we walk away from those feeling like, wow, we've got a guy in our team. Trey Gowdy really pinned her ears back on Benghazi and blah, blah, blah. Yet, the reality is, folks, that's not a solution. It, it means absolutely nothing for Jim Jordan to have, I think that's his name, to have unloaded on uh, Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch expected to be unloaded on. Do you think she went up to that House committee and said, wow, I can't wait to meet these guys. I bet you I'm going to be able to cover all the things the Attorney General's office is doing now and, and uh, yada, 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 yada. Well, of course, that's not what Loretta Lynch expected when she got up there. She expected to be unloaded on. So did Hillary when she went before some uh, the Gowdy, Trey Gowdy uh, committee. And so do any of these guys. Yet because there's such a um, dearth of solutions out there, because there's such, there, there are no solutions coming from mainstream conservative talk radio other than getting power, uh, and we know that doesn't work. The next best thing is when people say things that that almost functions like a solution in most of mainstream conservative talk radio uh, genre, and both the host and the listeners. People hear it and think, wow, our guy, he's letting them have it on this, and only to be rudely reminded a few weeks later that it amounted to nothing. And uh, so... If I wanted to come to the microphone here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central to 8 a.m. Central time, and just talk that, my, talk about that, my guess is the phone lines would light up. Well, yeah, I heard him. Did you also hear, Mark, that uh, this other guy said this? Did you hear that Congressman so-and-so let so-and-so have it? And because that's what you hear. Uh, the typical phone call over to mainstream conservative talk radio is, well, uh, thanks for all you're doing, host, so-and-so. Uh, I don't know where we'd be without you. And, uh, boy, uh, I just agree with what you said about uh, uh, Representative Jordan unloading on Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch is covering for Hillary Clinton, and, uh, and so is uh, FBI Director Comey. And all these guys are, this is just typical Clinton stuff, and, and, and it's getting covered up like usual, and then the, the call just goes on and on. That's an easy call. That's, that's, a, that's, that's no-brainer radio. That is, that is feeding the, uh, tickling the ears, if you will, of the listener and saying, well, you know what, I'm going to talk about what you want to talk about because you're, you're unfamiliar with other territory. And, and right now the headlines are out there. The, the Republican National Committee is in day three or day four. Yeah, today's day four. Um, shows you how much I'm paying attention to it. I almost forgot which day it was. Um, but, you know, the, the, the phone banks will be lit up on all the mainstream conservative talk radio shows because they're going to parrot what was said the night before. Right now, what, what's been trending on my Facebook page is apparently Laura Ingram unloaded last night on the media. And, uh, and, and so that'll be talked about in her speech. And the other night it was Christie and whoever the big name is of the moment. That'll be what will light up the phone boards. And the phone boards will light up. And so if I came here... Uh, to the phone or to the uh, microphone this morning and said, I want to talk about uh, what she said last night. My guess is probably get a bunch of phone calls. Um, but that's not the purpose of this show. Um, if that's what people want, then they can go to those places. And I, I also recognize that because of the topics we talk about on this show and Mike talks about on his show, it's a little bit harder for you to call in. Uh, because you're in a little bit of unsure territory. This is new territory for many people. The idea of thinking uh, through the lens of the founders. Um, when we challenge the legitimacy of the Constitution, it's hard for people to call in on that. Uh, when we talk about little r Republicanism, 
Uh, most people are unfamiliar with the term. When we talk about federalism and how that plays out in a representative republic, people are typically intimidated to talk about that topic because they're unfamiliar with it. And so I recognize that often there's a reason why we don't quite have the phone traffic that uh, most people do. And, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that because we're expanding an audience here. We're asking people to consider a new way. Um, like here, uh, for example, on my Facebook page right now, somebody just shared, uh, wow, Laura Ingram brings down the House at the Republican National Committee uh, Convention. Well, I didn't see it, so I don't know how the House was brought down, but that's that's kind of the flavor of my uh, of my Facebook page this morning. Is she apparently said something? So, so and so I recognize that's easy to call in. Most people watch the speech who will be listening to mainstream conservative talk radio. Um, they will look, they will call in and feel comfortable talking about. Yeah, did you hear when she said X? And did you hear? You know, wow, she let him have it. And I recognize on this show. We talk about uh, secession uh, here really before the last, I suspect, four or five years. That topic was persona non grata. You just don't talk about it because you can't secede. Kreslins, don't you know that? Lincoln made that you know definitive, and if he didn't, then the Constitution somehow makes that definitive. And so I get that it's difficult to call into a live program and engage that topic. Uh, but more and more of you do, and I appreciate very much as you grow more and more comfortable with these ideas of federalism, of republicanism, of secession, um, as I talk about it from an evangelical perspective to my evangelical brothers and sisters out there, that you're not sinning by talking about these topics, that the Constitution is not a divinely created document, there's no evidence of that at all, that America is not in a covenant relationship with God like Israel was, notwithstanding the fact David Barton will try to persuade you to the contrary. Um, you know, as you grow more and more comfortable with these ideas, you'll feel more and more free to call in and and elucidate your fellow listeners with your ideas about that. And quite honestly, there are often many times people do do that. Uh, they call in and and share their ideas. Uh, we get frequent callers from frequent people or from people that um, are regular listeners, and and I always appreciate uh, your call. But we do provide live radio just for that. We know that at some point. Just as they had to have confidence back in 1774, 5, and 6, our ideas are going to dominate at some point. Now, they won't dominate across all, hashtag the American Union, uh, but they will dominate in some quarters of this uh, hashtag the American Union. You know, quite honestly, that's all we need. We don't have to have 320 million people agreeing with us. Fact, the folks, you know the very small percentage of people actually are paying attention to politics. It is not a big audience out there. It is not if um what did I just see the other day? Some uh oh shoot, what was it? Some T V show my daughter was telling me about has sixteen oh no, I was we were watching Trent and I were watching Master Chef, which is a show we watch with uh, Chef Ramsey. And they were talking about Good Housekeeping Magazine. Now, you all know Good Housekeeping Magazine has been out there for as long as you've been alive. It only has 16 million. No, I shouldn't say only because that's a very large um, uh, subscriber list. But they only have 16 million subscribers. There's 320 million people in the country. When you look at mainstream media, the big networks, they, not all 320 million people listen to them. So we have to get away with this get away from this idea that we've got to convince all 320 million people of our republican ideas, our federalism ideas, our secession ideas, our hashtag exit ideas. We don't. We need a we need a substantial number of people that are committed to those principles. Remember back in 1774, 5 and 6, all 3 million people didn't walk down to their local uh community center and say Count me in. Uh, I want to go against the king. My guess is if that really had happened, the king would have uh, packed his ships and left and not even tried to fight. Uh, there were Tories there. There were loyalists, British loyalists. There were people that just kept their head down and said, let me see if I can ride this out. I have no clue which way it's going to go. Let me just ride this baby out and see where we, where we, wind, where we wind up. 
so the idea that we have to convince, you know, 320 million people is foolish. The idea that we have to convince uh, all 50 states is a is is an uh, unworkable idea. Uh, but more and more people are going to connect with our ideas. It's it's inevitable. Uh, that now whether we act on those ideas, who knows? But people will embrace the ideas because our ideas actually have substance behind them, and they have history behind them as well. It just takes time. As I try to remind everybody, I'm going to be talking to some friends this weekend about it. Uh, The Brexit movement did not start in January of 2016. It started in 1991. They toiled away at this with no money, very little voice, no representation in Parliament. Uh, They toiled away for 25 years. Um, these are new ideas to me. I've only embraced these ideas of republicanism and federalism probably in the last eight years. Uh, I may have been become have been becoming more familiar with them, but actually as a solution, it's been a short period of time for me. I wish I had held these ideas for 25 years, but I didn't. I am where I am. Um, so Let's go to the phone lines here right out of the gate and talk to Chris in Florida. Chris, welcome to the Crusade, to the Mark Rosen Show on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network, radio the way it should be. What's the weather like there in sunny Florida? It's sunny and warm. And uh, if you've got a a few moments for me, I'd like to say three different things, not all interrelated. How are you you doing this morning, Mr. Kreslin? Well, I am doing fine. Just wanted to give everybody a quick update. Some of you heard and sent me some very nice emails over the night that I had some medical procedures done yesterday, and we're going to wait the results of those. But at my age, 57, I'm not old, but I'm not young, you start having these uh, places, they start putting cameras in places cameras are not supposed to be. Uh, so I had I had a double header yesterday, uh, and uh, they took some biopsies, and they're going to see uh, everything looks to be fine, but they just want to double check. Uh, but I appreciate all the kind words uh, from and thoughts from people. And um, I'm a pretty private person, even though I talk in the third person often about Kreslin's this and Kreslin's that. And I'm a pretty private person, uh, and I don't typically like to share those things. But uh, it, I let it slip yesterday, and thanks for all the kind words. But I'm I'm doing fine, Chris, if that's what you're referring to. If not, I'm doing fine anyways. How are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. Now, the first thing I wanted to say is what you're describing about all the smack talk that's going around. It seems to me that politics become the WWE for the (laughs) physically ungifted. (laughs) Chris, Chris, you come up with some of the best one-liners out there. That is... That absolutely captures what we're dealing with right now, the WWE for the physically challenged people. <laughs> I agree. I All this smack talk, I'm going to actually write that down here in my paper. All this smack talk out there, that's, that's, you, you catch it. I mean, you're, you're where I'm at with this. It's, it's all just smack talk. Laura let him have it last night. She brought the house down. Apparently she said something at the media last night, so uh, I don't know what it I- is, but... Uh, I think I'd watch it if I actually got to see them suplex each other. <laughs> no, I would. T- I would definitely tune in to see uh, Chris Christie suplex uh, Laura Ingram <laughs> or Ted Cruz. Amazing. Ted Cruz last night. I guarantee some people wanted to suplex uh, Ted Cruz last night. <laughs> I bet. I, I heard a little bit of a speech, and I'm like, he sounds like one of those TV evangelists. This is horrible. <laughs> Civil religion. Wonderful. Indeed, indeed. So the second thing is I wanted to make comments since you brought up Brexit. One of the most humorous things I heard on mainstream talk radio was that voting for Donald Trump is our Brexit. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. From a local host or a mainstream? Uh, I was from uh, the old station in the old country where I used to be at. And uh, I heard that, and I'm like, how is that even comparable you're comparing secession for doing the same thing we do every four years voting another guy into power right i I don't know i don't know i i I, you know what it was inevitable that the republican party was going to co-op that term and use it in a complete opposite way of what they did in the united kingdom in june i saw one earlier chris where uh some uh, it was uh what's his name um Oh, one of the congressmen from Kentucky, um, he was talking about exiting the United Nation. 
you know, hashtag exit the UN. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> How, that's such a misuse of the what they actually did. And uh, because p- people like the word exit because they don't want to talk about secession. They don't want to assign the word secession to it because that has a very clear meaning. And obviously, Donald Trump would not be uh, being elected would not mean secession from anything. Um, well, it's Absolutely. not surprising, you know. But bringing up that changing of words, I'd like to discuss yesterday's topic of what getting back to the Constitution means. Go. All right. So getting back to the Constitution means we're not there. If we're not there, doesn't that mean this government is illegitimate? I'll tell you, Chris. But we can't be saying that, so we soften it and make it a catchphrase and we go along. Boy, you're you're exactly where I'm at. This is why we have to get away from these types of terms because they're meaningless. They don't really um, explain or define anything. And if they do define anything, it's an uncomfortable thing they define. Because as you just alluded to, if we have to restore it, um, then what does that mean? What we exactly as you just described? What does that mean? Uh, how do we identify the thing we have today? If it's if it's illegitimate, then we've got to do something about it other than just say we need to restore it. We don't even know what the Constitution means, number one. People don't know what the sections, the articles of the Constitution mean. They don't know actually what it does. And and if it isn't working and thus needs to be restored, then we've got other problems we have to deal with, but people don't want to go that far with that conversation, Chris. Absolutely. Now, I can think of one thing the Constitution does. It gets cheers at the RNC when you <laughs> mention it. I heard it. Other the other than night. that, I'm not sure. You know, you're right. I, I was I caught a clip of Christie's speech, and it was just a clip. And at the end of it, he was talking about he, he he let out the word constitution. You're exactly right. He was like, and we're going to obey the constitution or something like that. And the crowd, as soon as he barely got the word unconstitution off his lips, and the crowd went berserk cheering. And yet, I you and I could go down to that floor. And ask them, ask anybody on that floor, the average uh, delegate, uh, what what is the purpose of Article Four of the U.S. Constitution? And they wouldn't have a clue. They, <laughs> they just love the word Constitution. It's just the word just sends the uh, tickle up the leg. Absolutely, exactly. <laughs> Precisely the problem. They might yep. want to get that checked out. <laughs> well, but this is why, you know, we do what we do. You're doing what you do out there in, in Florida. It, it is a matrix cable. I mean, art imitating life as usual. I mean, Morpheus is right. It's a matrix cable, and people just don't know what to do. And uh, and, and so far, be it, to be quite honest and, and trying to be humbly honest here, the solutions, the actual practical working out of a solution very few people are even discussing in hashtag the American Union. Because if we really do move towards exit, that will mean that there needs to be some convention of the states organized. So a o- Oklahoma will need to uh, organize a convention within the state borders. We haven't gotten to those practical things that people can latch on to. We're still kind of in the abstract. Federalism means decentralization of power, back to the republicanism, back to the local level. Um, and, and, and two, you know, and we're moving in that direction, but right now we have to get people refamiliarized with the concept of federalism and republicanism before we can even really talk about what does Florida do? How does Florida actually, if Florida, if for some, you know, miraculous, uh, reason, Florida decided to hashtag exit, hashtag the American union, uh, what does that even look like? Well, it means that somehow, some manner, uh, Florida is going to have to meet in convention, and the people of that of the state of Florida are going to have to argue it out. Do do we want to leave um, the uh, union? So we haven't offered those kinds of solutions yet, Chris. And so I get that some people are still a little bit tentative and wondering about what we're doing and talking about here. But we're moving much farther and faster than the RNC, uh, the convention did last night when the mere word of the mere word constitution sent, you know, chills up people's legs. So, Absolutely. Now, there is one precedent that was set by Florida. I believe it was Shell Key. They actually declared war on the United States at one point because they got tired of not being recognized as part of Florida. And uh, they went to war with the Coast Guard with stale bread. 
Yeah, you know, now that you say it, I kind of remember just uh, a trivia comment about that. I'll, I'll have to look into it more. So, see, so there's precedent in Florida for uh, throwing down. So, yeah. Uh, all right, brother. Uh, I'll, I'll look up some more fun historical facts about Florida to call in with later, as long as more fun, witty one liners. You're uh, welcome on the show anytime, brother. Appreciate it. Take it easy, Mr. Crespo. Right, you, you too. Thank you. That's great. Chris is a uh, is an enjoyable caller. He really the smack talk and the <laughs> it would be fun to see uh, old Chris Christie suplex Ted Cruz last night. <laughs> the the uh, politics and political rhetoric are for the uh, are for the physically challenged people who would like to play who would like to be in the WWE but aren't physically capable of doing it. Uh, those that that does kind of uh, sum up what mainstream conservatism has become. So, uh, well, I do want to get to a couple of topics here out of the gate and, and they are related to the convention last night. And it's, I want to read a article that I downloaded this morning. It's titled Ted Cruz, a very small man. Now this is, um, written by Don Fetter, who is a pretty popular guy on the, uh, talk circuit out there. He's spoken at heritage foundation and, all the big national think tanks out there. He's written extensively. He's been uh, quoted and written New York Times and all that. But the title of his article, he writes, Ted Cruz, a very small man. He says this, I'm ashamed that I voted for Ted Cruz in the Massachusetts Republican primary. I thought that he was a man of integrity. Last night, he proved beyond a shadow of doubt that he isn't. He made a solemn pledge to support the Republican nominee and he broke that crucial promise. I thought he was a patriot. Last night, he proved he isn't. However bitter and angry he is at Donald Trump, he knows that Trump is the only person standing between Hillary Clinton, a liar, a fraud, a thief, and a traitor, and the presidency. And yet, after meticulously laying out the case against another four to eight years of leftist tyranny, he refused to endorse the one man who can put an end to our long national nightmare. Now, there's tons of problems that I have with everything Fetter is writing. Obviously, you can imagine that I would. Cruz wasn't driven by principle, but by ego. He can't accept the fact that the party chose Trump over him. Ted Cruz made the worst mistake of his political career. I agree. Millions of us will never forget or forgive the betrayal. He will never be um, his party's nominee for president. He will never hold the highest office in the land. And he concludes, Ted Cruz is a very small man. And I think Federer's got it right. Whoever gave him or advised him, I mean, let's accept the premise right out of the gate that these guys are all politicians. That makes them less than sincere, shall we say, brokers out there. Most of these guys, I could almost say all of these guys, but I'll give the benefit of the doubt there's there's some Patrick Henrys out there. I don't know them, but there may be. Um, Let's begin with the premise that Ted Cruz is a politician. I happen to have some inside knowledge on the Cruister, and uh, he... um, believe me, has a very big ego and has very high ambitions. We saw them during the campaign. So setting that aside as as just an accepted norm of Ted Cruz, he has ambitions for the White House. He has seen himself there for a very long time. Um, Whoever was advising him or whatever advice he was ignoring last night for him was a political disaster. Why? We live in an age of of uh, um, digital recordings. That speech that he made, as positive as apparently some of it was, by some accounts, I didn't listen to the whole thing, I just saw the very end of it, where he refused to endorse the Trumpster with a thousand plus people in the, in the uh, auditorium there chanting, uh, endorse Trump. And with ignoring it, with great pride in ignoring it, uh, he uh, he did not. Given that clutch moment when all the pressure was building to do really a very simple uh, 
perhaps even magnanimous, perhaps even keeping of your word at a minimum. And the crowd was imploring him to endorse Trump. He refused to do it. And he will, though that stage exit will haunt him the remainder of his life, his political life. You all heard it. If you saw it, you, you saw it as well. Mainstream conservative talk radio that does not like him, which are the, is Hannity and Rush. Uh, I don't know where the other guys are. Uh, Glenn Beck is full in on him, so he'll probably defend him today. Um, but the big guys out there are going to play that clip, and they are going to, with some measure of grace, try to say, well, that was a mistake. That was a Because that exit of that stage will haunt him. It will dredge up very angry memories of the 2016 primary campaign for people who may have considered supporting him in 2020, assuming Trump does not win. Um, so tactically, from a political perspective, it was a very bad move. There, were far, there are right now far more people willing to support Trump, obviously, than there are that are willing to support a quote-unquote constitutional conservative. And, but it's even worse than that. It's the image of that last minute or 30 seconds that will haunt him. Uh, he, if, if this was a, um, a, a, a uh, comment on the radio, uh, the, he may be able to get away with that. He may be able to hire enough PR and reorient people back to his constitutional conservatism. But you've got a man now who openly broke his word. And not only that, that, that was significant in and of itself, though even that can often be glossed over by a very sharp PR firm uh, in D.C. or New York City. But that video is out there, and it will be out there forever. It will haunt him the remainder of his life as at his own convention, his Republican convention, the delegates even though they may be a whole different crowd of delegates in 2020, his primary opponents will forever paint him as a betrayer. And they will use the background audio of a thousand plus people in there booing him off the stage. It wasn't just a tepid applause. Thank you, thank you, Ted, thank you. It was, I heard it, I saw it. I mean, people were viscerally angry at him. Uh, I don't know that he has the rock star status that could hold off a Scott Walker in 2020 or some other candidate that may emerge between now and then. Uh, he was never that popular a candidate. People tolerated him. He had his rock. You know, every you got to understand something with this with these guys. They all have their base starting point. Everybody has, you don't decide to run for office unless you have some base to work from. So he always started out with some base. It wasn't even necessarily that strong in Texas. Believe me, there's a lot of folks down there I know who know him and uh, weren't that strong a supporter. He didn't have a reservoir of help from his own Senate. Nobody was out there, uh, with exception of Mike Lee, supporting him. And even Mike Lee kind of had to get coaxed into it at the very end. Um, so his reputation is is not that strong. He he can tap into the Christian community because we tend to be pretty vulnerable to rhetoric. And if, as long as you say you're a constitutional conservative, then you're okay by me. Uh, and if you claim to be a Christian, then you're even better. It's even better then. So he's got, he starts with that base, but that's a declining base. As Mike has talked about on his show, as I've talked about on my show, the, the demographics out there are not moving in the right direction for the evangelical or Christian community in hashtag the American Union. Uh, we are not a growing force in hashtag the American Union. We're a declining force. Our, uh, look at what happened. The very fact that Trump is the president, uh, the nominee, I should say, uh, suggests something about the power of the evangelical movement. Number one, it's not monolithic. And number two, uh, because it's not monolithic, it rejected an overt evangelical out there. So the heyday, that the, the apex of the religious right power in the 80s, uh, 
started to trickle away in the 90s and is pretty far off the radar screen right now. They have been relegated to the blacks in the um, Democrat Party. Uh, They are now a demographic that the Republican Party knows has no place else to go. They won't go Democrat. Um, They won't vote there. And so they just count on their vote. And it's a legitimate, I mean, the the rationale of the DNC is not wrong here, folks, from a political perspective, from a moral perspective, that's a whole separate article or issue. But if you're talking purely from a political standpoint, the RNC knows they've got the evangelical community locked up. So they don't have to, uh, the only thing they ever have to worry about is whether somebody ticks them off so much they don't go out and vote. But the evangelicals to the RNC are exactly the blacks to the DNC. They are a taken-for-granted demographic. So the power they wielded in the 80s during the moral majority, the Christian coalition, folks, you just got to come to the reality. Those days are gone. So Ted Cruz's base is a shrinking base. Um, I mean, you're looking at the patriot movement are the gray hairs right now. There's not a millennial or Gen X patriot movement, whatever that term actually means, but people mostly identify with that. They have gray hair. They're like me. They are spending more time looking for casket deals than uh, they are looking for European vacations. That's just a reality. The baby boom generation, the... Um, silent generation, the generation just before the baby boom generation, is just about off the planet Earth. There are very few of them left. The baby boom generation is moving into eternity uh, rapidly. And we're all going and getting uh, colonoscopies and uh, endoscopies, and the doctor's coming and saying, uh, uh, we've got a problem. That's just facts, folks. That's just demographics. I'm going to be a year older in 2000 and. Uh, and uh, 17. Um, so the evangelical power that were in their 40s uh, during the 80s are now in their 60s and 70s in the 21st century. And the millennial Gen Xers are not embracing patriot politics. So by 2020, even a larger portion of Ted Cruz's base is going to be gone. They're going to be in the ground. They're going to be in heaven, those who are Christians. Uh, so whatever, whoever advised him last night to go out there, or whatever advice he ignored, and actually stare, try, attempt to stare down uh, 1,500 delegates that the night before, I don't know how many, I, I don't even know how many delegates he actually ended up with Trump. Um, but let's say it was 1,500, maybe it was 1,700, I don't know what the number was. Um, but to go in there and try to stare down 1,700 delegates that the night before got all jazzed up nominating uh, Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee and try to stare them down and then in the face of incredible pressure to say you know, five or six short words, I therefore endorse Donald Trump, and then having not done that, that awkward incredibly awkward 30 seconds of him waving at the crowd, trying to smile in a way that Ted Cruz has never been good at smiling, um, and then just kind of shuffling off the, off the stage, that's going to haunt him. That's imagery you can't get rid of. You can't, it's, it's toothpaste you cannot put back in the tube. It's out there. And a more um, acceptable candidate like a Scott Walker, um, who will identify with the religious right, but is, has played his cards fairly well with that. Perhaps a Marco Rubio in 2020, should Trump not survive this, um, this election and Hillary's the president, um, will not have that. And, uh, and don't think for a minute Marco Rubio will not point out that... Um, Ted Cruz did not endorse, did not keep his word. And not only that, the entire Republican convention turned on him, and you'll see it in videos, you'll see it in campaign commercials. And uh, it was an utter, in my view, an utter disaster for Cruz last night. And I think articles like Don Fetter, who voted for him, uh, there's going to be more of those coming out. You're going to hear Rush and Hannity get after Cruz today. And... um, 
I think it's. I think it was a disaster for him last night. I think it looks. Uh, the, the the optics are just disastrous, and either he did it on his own, which he may have. He's a pretty cocky guy. He somebody may have given him given him advice to do that. But either way, uh, you just saw a. In my personal opinion, I won't know, and whether I'm even on the air in four years, who knows. Um, but in my personal opinion, you saw a guy utterly take himself out of any hashtag national politics from this point forward. Uh, he got a lot, and if Trump wins, uh, it's curtains for him. Uh, you know, and and I'm leaning more with Mike. Uh, more and more that I think there's a greater possibility he does win, could win very big. Um, and so uh, if he does win, uh, Cruz will rue this day. Rubio's played it pretty smart so far. He hasn't not endorsed him. Uh, he doesn't have a speaking post. He's just kind of laying low. And, uh, oh, what's that, Christopher? <laughs> I just wanted to say to you, Mark. <laughs> Ted, you're here. I'm what sorry. What I did was to serve the Constitution and to defend Glenn Beck. Well, Ted, was this your uh, idea on your own, or did you get advice from some of your handlers to get booed off the stage the way you did it last was, night? It was delivered on the advice of Mammon himself. <laughs> Mark, I have never... I, I, I'm I sitting here listening it. to you, and I'm boiling. I'm getting more angry and angry, and I was angry last night. I was so angry, I, I belted down a big old shot of scotch and went to bed <laughs> before I started uh, judgment porning him on uh, on oh. Facebook. Oh. I have never been so upset. Ju- Decorum. Yeah, no, exactly. Decency. Exactly. Gentlemanlike right. behavior. There yeah. are people out there that are cheering him on and going, this is the greatest. An act of courage. It's not an act of courage. It's an yeah. act of cowardice. Yep. He yep. signed a pledge. It's yep. not his convention, but that demagogue walked in there. I get this as soon as he started talking. I just felt ugh, drenched <laughs> in slime like I've been yeah. on a Nickelodeon game show. Yep. And, yep. and the more he lectured about that girl, Caroline. Oh boy! Uh, and he was drawing the words out like a tent, like a tent preacher. Yeah. And Caroline kissed her daddy. Oh boy! I, I wonder if anybody actually fact-checked that story. I, I didn't see the whole speech, so I'm not familiar with what you're referring. Oh, I told to. a story about the one of the police officers shot in Dallas. That uh, the morning, uh, the morning, the morning he went to work, that he kissed his little girl goodbye uh, before uh, and told her. What if this is the last time you you ever get to kiss me goodbye and get to see me? Huh. Now I didn't I I I don't know if, I don't know that that didn't happen. Right. However, right. as soon as I heard it, the sirens went off, and I went, yeah. I haven't heard this. No, I, I followed this story pretty closely, and I haven't heard it. Maybe it happened, and I didn't see it. As well. soon as that went, I went, oh, this is this is not going to end good. This <laughs> snake is in here. He and he, he's just hissing venom. Yeah. He's hissing oh, yeah. venom. You know, no, watch the video again. Watch the video again and note he the, the, the Trump family is sitting immediately to the left of the teleprompter. There's a center screen oh, wow. right behind, r- r- directly across from the podium, where you can read your uh, your words if you want to and look at a camera. Mm-hmm. And the cam- cameras, well, Mark, you've done teleprompter before. Yeah. The camera's right underneath the giant screen, so you can read them off that, or you can read them off the left right teleprompter if you yep. want to. Note. He never looks in Trump's direction. He never looked at him. Boy, uh, I will look at it again. I mean, it was disgraceful. This Mike. has to. Okay, yeah. so David Frum, this political has been hack, yeah. just said at Cruz's 2020 nominating party, people are going to remember and they're going to be cheering something no more Trump or, or you know, got rid of yeah. Trump or something about that. He's not ever going to step into a ring. Again, no. where, where where there's a presidency on the line. He right. is a liar. He's right. a demagogue. Right. And the man is right. a disgrace to the, the alleged august body that the U.S. Senate is. is. Yeah. Trump was magnanimous. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. He, he signed the pledge. Oh, I guess he's not going to do that. Who, you, yeah. you use the word magnanimous, Mark Cressons. Who was magnanimous yesterday? It wasn't that conniving, nope. deceitful demagogue from Texas. I agree, I'm brother. just, I, I'm just, I, I am outraged <laughs> that anyone could condone this behavior. 
Uh, but you know, Mike, you've been around long enough to know there are going to be, and this is what I was talking about with how you know the blacks to the DNC are just a taken for granted uh, uh, group of people. So are the evangelicals for the RNC, and the evangelicals are going to feel empowered by his speech last night because they still hate Trump. You know, he's he uh, he still they still have massive problems with him uh, because he's not a constitutional Christian conservative, um, and so he's going to have his defenders out there, but. So they're going to defend a liar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you sign a pledge and then you break it on national television, that's a lie. Agreed. It's a horrible, sinful act of pride, first of all. But that's a lie. It's a fraud. Yep. Yep. I agree. So, All right. I got to head out to a break here, my friend. I give you permission to skip the break. (laughs) Well, you you do have that power. (laughs) Do what you need to do. I just... I couldn't I take know. it anymore, and I, I went and read Fetter's uh, post. Did you read that? I did, and I've been reading Fetter since the um, in, uh, an inside look into the mind of a Jewish conservative. A little book yeah. he published in the nineteen eighties. A good guy, Don Fetter. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's that's what I. That's why I pulled that down because he's got street cred out there. He does. And, I've been reading uh, him for what three or three decades now. I yeah, think I've sure, been reading been Don a, Fetter. Long time. Yeah. So for him to take Cruz down like that, the way he did. Well you, well, you set it up right. Don, Don Fetter is no small potatoes. He's no. very humble. You don't see him yep. on television shows, and if you do, he's yep. got his his, his orthodox uh, Jewish beard and his little his yep. and his yarmulke on, and he's very humble. He's very soft spoken, but he's a really great. Uh, he's a really he's a really good writer. And um, the fact that he starts out with. I'm ashamed that I voted for Ted Cruz. Well, I'm Cruz. sure he is ashamed. He's, he, I think he genuinely is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how I read it too, Mike. He really is. And now he's going to take to the media and he's going to express that shame and say, I'm sorry. You know, but Ted Cruz is a very small man. Wow. Well, it, was it just makes me despise party politics even oh, more. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say it again. The only magnanimous guy that came out of that is Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree with you on and that. And they panned over to, and then and then and the on the video you'll see they panned o- over to Trump uh, as he was watching it, and um, oh, he said wow. he read it two hours before it went on, and he went ahead and let him do it. Yeah. So uh, I guess Trump. <laughs> wow, I didn't know. <laughs> and Trump's I going like, now. go ahead and bury yourself, Ted. Just go ahead <laughs> and get it. it over with, Brock. <laughs> you can't take me down. Yeah, it's over for him now. He better start thinking about an AG position down there in Texas. Uh, well, you know, Texas. Kevin Gutzman and I have determined that he is not eligible to be a, even a United States senator. I know. I know. it. He's not. <laughs> uh, he's not a natural-born citizen. Just and... disgusting and disgraceful, Mark. Yep, yep. All I'm right, glad brother. you were here to cover it, brother, because your political <laughs> insight was uh, was very, very much needed to be added. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. All right, man. All right, folks. Well, if you do like what you just heard, I mean, you're not going to hear this kind of analysis on mainstream conservative talk radio. You're going to hear some of these guys get after Cruz. They're going to get after him today big. And they're going to try to, as Mike just described, they're going to put that they're going to try to put a few final nails in his coffin. Uh, But I likewise agree his career is done. Uh, But if you like what you're hearing and that kind of analysis here on this show and on the Crusade channel in general, then why not support our crusade for truth? Here by becoming a Founders Past member. Please don't put it off. Uh, we need your help. Thank you for everybody who has helped so far. We wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for you, but we need to keep adding to this list. There will never be enough because we have a lot of minds to change, folks. We've got a lot of matrix cables to unplug. And uh, your stepping up to the plate here, even today, and becoming a Founders Past member uh, moves us that much closer to that. But it's not just helping the cause. You also get a lot of benefits. You get to download my show and listen to it anytime you want. You get to download my good friend Mike Church. You just heard him. He uh, chimed in on this issue. You get to download his his show, the Mike Church Show. You get to download my good friend Greg Carpenter's Reverse Deception Show. He's had three weeks or coming up to the third week of covering the JFK assassination. Digging in, if you and if you get to know, if you read Greg's bio, you will understand he's got some inside. Uh, let me be careful with that. He's got experience in the field uh, that gives him a unique uh, point of view on issues like this of the Kennedy assassination. But not only that, he uh, has, has done a great service in talking about how the NSA works, how it gets to you, how it understands you, how it knows where you are, who you are. But you And you would get to download his show, Reverse Deception, K- Dr. Uh, Kevin Gutsman's um, 
Constitution Hour, and a whole host of shows that are on our website, VeritasRadioNetwork.com. If you go there, you, if you were a Founders Pass member, you'd be able to download all those shows and listen at your convenience. But not only that, if you sign up during the month of July, and today's the 21st, we've got nine, what, 10 days left, uh, we're going to ship you a free autographed copy of Mike's, uh, one of Mike's favorites books, Humility of Heart. He talks about it on his show all the time. Uh, and he has actually edited this book, and if you sign up during the month of July, uh, he will autograph a copy of that and send it out to you as part of your membership. And on top of that, now, if you want to step up to the plate and become a founding father or a founding or a crusader or make a $500 cash donation to our monthly crowdsource campaign, we're going to do more than that. You're going to get the book. You're going to be able to download all the episodes, and you're going to get a beautiful handmade wooden kitchen cutting board from our good friends up at McClureBlock.com. Go to their website, McClureBlock.com. Look at all the stuff that they do. I mean, their, their, their stuff is beautiful, guys. Uh, I can't wait till I get to a point where I can actually um, use more of the handmade wood products that they design and, and then handcraft up there. We're going to send you a free kitchen cutting board. And I've got one. Uh, it's beautiful. It, but you've got to take care of it, too. It's not just something you buy at um, uh, you know, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. This is a handmade, handcrafted cutting board. If you become a founding father or a crusader today or this month or become a $500 cash donator to our monthly crowdfunding campaign, uh, then you're going to get one of those, a book, and the ability to download all these shows. So please... Join our crusade today and become a Founders Pass member by going to VeritasRadioNetwork.com. Click the Join button. You'll see a whole host of ways to do it there. Or you can even call us at 866-483-3833, 866-483-3833. We'll take your information over the, over the uh, phone, and we'll get you set up. Right now, uh, you're listening to the Mark Kreslin Show here on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network. Radio, the way it should be. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> 